Good morning. Good morning, church. I got great news for you. God is still Lord of history. Jesus Christ is Lord. And he is here because where two or more gathered in his name, he is in our midst. And I know more than two of you. And all the ones I know, y'all are walking with the Lord. So we, he is here and we celebrate that. And it's such a privilege for us to gather together as believers and seekers and seek after God and to honor his name and his presence. Now, a couple announcements. Coin Sunday. Coin Sunday for missions. This is a great ministry and the coin buckets are in the narthex. And please uh, drop your coins in there because it goes to such a good cause. And you see in your bulletin all the causes it goes to. This is the last day to buy a carnation for Father's Day. They're only $2. So if you want to buy one, um, there's a, you know, order forms put in the drop box in the narthex. Also, Vacation Bible School begins soon, June 20 to 24. And as always, it takes a lot of work and a lot of volunteers for it to be meaningful and successful for the children, some of whom might be their first introduction to the good news. And so if you would like to help, Joyce Smith and Betsy Murray, you all know who they are, right? You can contact them. Their contact information is here. And then finally, on June 20th at 6 p.m., Men of Faith will meet in the library. Uh, John Shearer will be talking, uh, sharing on the West Ohio Conference meeting. And then after that at 7, Fuller Center Bike Adventure presentation. And the rest of the bulletins are there. So let us uh, prepare to uh, worship our Lord and Savior. Good morning. If you would join with me in the call to worship, if you're able, please stand. The call to worship is printed in the bulletin. God finds delight in humanity and in each of us. Let us rejoice before the majesty of our Creator, God of grace and God of glory, King of all things. How majestic is your name in all the earth. In Christ, we are called to endure and to hope. Let us give thanks for a faith that brings peace. God of grace and glory, Savior of your people, how precious to us is your gift of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is present to guide and direct us. Let us listen that we may hear and do what is true. God of grace and glory, ever-present with us, how reassuring is the love with which you surround us. Our opening hymn this morning is Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is number 64 in the hymnal, and up on the screens.
be seated. And if you could join with me in our opening prayer that's printed in the bulletin. Let us pray. Spirit of truth, you open to us the world of life and help us to see the possibilities of each day. Guide us now that we may hear your truth and embody it. As we face suffering, help us to endure, to hope, and to love. Grant wisdom and strength of character to overcome former limitations that we might represent you well each moment we live, doing the work you call us to do. Amen. Our prayer hymn this morning is number 454, Open My Eyes That I May See.
Let us pray. Holy God, loving Father, we adore You. We see Your signature on every good thing we experience. And yet, as good to us as You are, we still fall short. We forget Your goodness. We confess we have sinned in word, thought, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved You with our whole heart, nor have we loved our neighbor as ourself. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. We rejoice in the wholeness and forgiveness we have through Your Son, Jesus. And we pray the prayer that He taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us prepare now to continue worshiping by giving of our tithes and offerings.
Holy Spirit, Your gift to us today far outweighs anything we could give back. But accept this, our first fruits, given with a cheerful heart for Your ministry in this world. Amen. The scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And we not and not only that, but we also boast in our affirmation, knowing that affliction produce I'm sorry, boast in our afflictions, knowing that our affliction produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely, therefore, since we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, Will we be saved by his life? But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Carol. That took me back. Uh, every summer in 19... <clears throat> uh, vacation Bible school, we would walk to the Church of Christ and Christian Union in Columbus. We lived in German Village, and we walked to the further south and attend two-week Bible school. And we would sing, got the joy, joy, joy in my heart. As that took me back. Thank you so much for that rendition. That was beautiful. Um, and I wish you would have the opportunity sometime, and I know the liturgist does, to hear you sing. It's really something holy to hear people of God uh, raising their voices to God in song. And uh, that's a great privilege, and, and you did really well. Don't count this towards my time for preaching. This is like free time. <laughs> Don't even start your watches yet. Okay, we're going to have a silent prayer. And when that starts, you can start your watch, okay? And we're going to have that right now. Let's prepare our hearts with silent prayer. Amen. I have a confession to make. You know how you ever felt like, oh, you just, you're in that mood, you just want to buy something expensive? I, I, uh, yesterday I was in that mood. I don't know, maybe it was the stress of preaching or whatever, but I had to buy something expensive, so I went and bought a tank of gas. <laughs> and I tell you, it did not really fill the bill for me. I talked to a lot of veterans, and life is tough for a lot of people right now. People on fixed incomes, struggling with inflation, people worry about crime, gas, all that. Life is difficult. I'm not telling you something you don't know. Life is difficult. And you don't need me to go through all the stuff that's going on and that you watch on the news or avoid on the news. But wouldn't it be great... I think of that song by Ann Murray, A Little Good News. You've got to look that song up. She did it in 1984 or something. A uh, Little Good News. You've got to listen to that song. Wouldn't it be great one day to go home, you turn on the news of your choice, breaking news. Nothing is bad in the world. Everything is great. There's no murders. Gas is down. Inflation has stopped. Jobs are up. No one's getting killed. There's been no tornadoes, no hurricanes, no flooding. Of course, I'm talking about heaven, aren't I? <laughs> we need good news. And I've got good news. I don't have good news, but the Scripture has good news, and I want to share this liturgical reading, what Paul says in this, because I think it has great news for us, because no matter what goes on out there, what we have is something much better in here, in our heart. It's much stronger, much more renewable, much more sustainable. And how often do you get to come to church and only hear a two-point sermon? Yeah, I lost the third point. Only two points. You know, there's only three points. Well, I do it. It's two points, so that's a benefit. Although I may extend each point a little. But anyway... I want to speak, and you see in the bulletin, about the blessing of hope and peace. 
the two most important things we need in life to live a life that, that, that ha- has meaning and is centered in God. I mean, hope motivates us to go on when we'd otherwise quit, and peace keeps us on God's right side and not His wrong side. So I want us to just get into it, and I want to first speak about the blessing of hope, and it's laid out here in this Scripture. Uh, and the first thing is kind of a shock, and it depends what version you read, but when I saw this, and not only that, we, we boast, some versions say glory, some versions say brag, in our suffering. Did you see that? Did you hear that when she read it? We boast in our afflictions. Oh my, when's the last, I don't remember boasting my afflictions or we have fear. What does that mean? I know it doesn't mean, hey, I want more suffering so I can brag some more. I know that's not what Paul meant. But in, in the Christian faith, hope makes suffering count because Christians, we don't suffer meaninglessly because we look at suffering this way we don't take suffering passive. We don't believe in fate. There's no such thing as, well, it's just fate. No. And we don't believe like the aesthetic. We just have to endure it. But actually, God is present in our suffering. God is working in our suffering. God has not forgot us in our suffering. And we can therefore not rejoice because we have suffering. We rejoice because God is present with us. And if we have God's presence, we have everything we need. Notice the progression. I love Paul's progression. He is so, Paul the Apostle is so organized. I think he was the original Methodist, don't you? I mean, he was so organized. Uh, This is on YouTube, isn't it? I'll retract that then before I get hate mail. Um, But if you see the progression, he says that um, uh, that suffering produces endurance, and that word literally means to remain under, to be steadfast. And endurance produces character, but it doesn't end there. And character produces hope. Character is that which is approved after testing. That's how the Scripture means character. So God proves faithful. God's presence is affirmed in our suffering. And as you read this down through this passage, you see that God's love authenticates hope. He says this, and I don't remember anywhere else in Scripture, he phrases it this way. He says, hope does not disappoint, or what version we have, hope does not put us to shame. What does that mean? It means we're not going to regret it. We're not going to regret Trusting God in suffering. We're not going to regret or have buyer's regret because we put our faith in God when we're going through things we don't understand, when we're going through things we wish we didn't have, when we're going through things that that make our life miserable sometimes. We won't regret putting our faith in God. But then it gets even better. Not only, and and I I did come across this quote. I wish I'd, I'd noted who said it. I wish I said it. But I didn't, I didn't dream this quote up, but I love it. Apart from faith, hope is a bitter and false illusion. But apart from love, hope has no basis. And we see 
God's love is very generous. Do you see what Paul wrote there? His love has been poured out. We live in a stingy world. We're stingy with our grace and love. I can't help but think of the holidays, especially when I was a kid. We had a big family, five kids. We had, you know, fight for the cookies. You know, my mom had to hide them because we'd eat them all. So at Christmas, you know what I got one Christmas? Uh, I got a bag of M&M's that was bigger than me. It looked like it was huge. These M&M's, big bag. Of course, I opened it, started eating them, and my old, I was the next oldest. My oldest brother said, oh, let me have some. No, they're mine. They're mine. You can't have any of my M&M's. I mean, the bag would feed this whole congregation. That's how many I had. And my dad said, Vic, you share those M&M's. So I took one M&M out. And I gave it to my brother. Did you share them? Yes, Dad. I shared my M&M's. No, he didn't. I only got one. That stingy world. Or at Christmas, you know, you remember at Christmas when you buy the mixed nut bag and you get your nutcracker and your nut picker? Don't you love that? I love that about Christmas. And you break open, and it's, it's work. And when you watch a guy do it, it's like working on a nuclear bomb. You know, and we get those nuts out. We got the filberts and the Brazil nuts and the walnuts, all these, and we crack them. But we don't eat them one at a time. We get a little, you know, little pile of them so we can enjoy them crack and you get the filbert out in whole it's so good but the one nut's the best it's hardest to get out the brazil nut i mean you crack it and then you gotta pick it and you don't want to break it you want that whole brazil nut it's so good and you work and work and get the brazil nut and when you turn your head your spouse hovering like a vulture swoops in and takes it we live in a stingy world don't we but not god not God. How great is His love? He poured it out. This, this word in the original language is like a cloud burst on parched land. Now, we don't have any parched land now. Not, not with this spring that we've had. But you've been and you've seen parched land. You've been in the desert. I've been to the Middle East. Uh, and, and when rain comes, if there's rain, it changes everything. And God poured His love out in our hearts by what? By His Holy Spirit. What was last week? Pentecost. Who was the only person in America not wearing red last week? Me. I forgot. It was Pentecost Sunday. So I should be remember I stand there brown. I'm saying, oh my, I'm playing my violin and I got no red. But I was the only person. Now it's on YouTube forever until I die or longer. But anyway, it's the Holy Spirit. Pentecost. What did God send? Did He send leftovers? Did He send the second string? No. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. And when you read further, you see that God's love is, is, is sacrificial. This is what gives us such hope. Because He says here, now this version says... Um, we were still weak. Some versions say powerless. 
and some versions say helpless, but that the focus really is powerless. I want to tell you a great, less, uh, great truth I heard from a recovering heroin addict recently. A recovering heroin addict, we were talking, and he said, I said, so what, what got you straight? Because this man's young. He's, I don't know, he's probably 30 or around. I don't know. And, and he said, I, I ruined my life for years. I destroyed everything, lost everything. I said, well, what, what changed? He said, powerless. When I admitted I was powerless, that's when it changed. When he admitted he was, that's great truth. Because the Christian faith is admitting we are powerless. We cannot live the Christian life. We can't do what's right without God's help, without the forgiveness of Christ. And the scripture says, while we were powerless, Christ died for us. And then it goes on about rarely would, would someone um, uh, die for a friend, but uh, God proves his love that while we were sinners, he died for us. I know a, a widow here in Dayton whose husband, a Vietnam vet, die, or Vietnam uh, uh, war hero, died, was awarded the Medal of Honor. Now, that is, when you read Medal of Honor uh, actions of recipients, well, it's just mind boggling. Most of us would never be able to do something like that. But I'm fairly certain that. God forbid, but I'm fairly certain that most of us would die for our family if they were at risk. But I'm also certain that none of us would throw our body on a school shooter so a police wouldn't shoot and kill them, right? We wouldn't do that. The Bible says while we were sinners, while we ignored God, while we spit in the face of God, while we walked without faith, when we didn't give a thought, when we did everything we wanted to do, while we were yet sinners, when, we, when, when uh, no one knew whether we would turn to God or not, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's a historical and theological statement. While we were sinners, Christ died. That's historical, and He rose from the dead. And for us, this theological. His death and resurrection is what paves the way. That's what gives us our hope. That's why we have this blessing of hope, even in affliction, because we are free. Now, the blessing of peace. You've heard of Henry David Thoreau. He was um, uh, uh, the uh, the Ah, the pond in New England. I forgot the name. I know you'd remember it. Walden's. Walden's Pond. Henry David Thoreau was not a person of faith. When he was dying, his sister said, ask him if he had made peace with God. And he answered, I did not know we had argued. We're born in an argument with God because we're born into sin. We're already born separated from God. That is our, our problem. And as soon as we understand the character of God, we begin to reject them. So what does it mean to have peace with God? There's two things that this Scripture shows. One is a negative aspect and one's a positive aspect. The negative aspect in verse 9, you see um, uh, that the uh, wrath of God. He saved us from the wrath of God. Now, I want to say this. Sometimes we forget. 
God never overlooks sin. Think of that. God never overlooks sin. Either Christ pays or we pay. That's the only two things that happen. Christ pays or we pay. I'm going to use a double, a double negative here on purpose. The English majors, forgive me. I'll, I'll say it another way. Sin never doesn't hurt us. Sin never doesn't hurt us. In other words, sin always hurts us and hurts relationships. Never helps us. Sometimes we can't see the damage. And our choices are not just our business. Because we live in community and our choices always affect others whether we see it or not. But we can rejoice because we have peace with God. We've avoided the wrath of God. And the positive part is we are reconciled. Reconciliation is not something we achieve. It's something we receive. And the implication of reconciliation. Look back in verse 2. This is the implication. It is... It is so powerful because he says, through whom we have obtained access to this grace we now stand. Because grace is not just something God gives us, but it's a place God takes us. We live in grace. It is a place, not a thing. And this is the blessing of peace. Because when we live in that grace, anything in life we can face. And when we live in that powerful grace, we want to live in the grace realm. When I was um, still active duty and I worked at the uh, CENTCOM in Tampa, as some of you know, is the war fighting thing that, that manages all the wars that we have and all. And I worked there. This was in 2007. And President Bush was coming uh, to meet with the commander because if you remember, the Iraq war was really, a lot of people were dying then, a lot of things were happening. And it was President Bush's um, common practice that when he would go somewhere, they would contact families of deceased soldiers, airmen, Marines, Coast Guard, all that, people who got killed in the war, and they would say, would you like to meet personally with the president? And he, would, he never advertised it. So he set one of these meetings up. There were six families and I, um, I hosted one of the families waiting for the president to come. And this family whose son was killed in Iraq about the time I was there on my second tour, uh, they were from Africa. They had won the, uh, um, they have drawings and they won the drawing to come to America, become citizens. They love our country. They loved our country. And he told me, I don't know what to say when the president comes here in the room. It was he and his wife and one other son who was still alive. And I said, sir, you, have, you will have the ear of the most powerful man in the world, of the most powerful nation. No one will be there but you and him. Don't leave the meeting regretting that you didn't ask or say something that you wanted to say. Now think of that. Think of that. And yet, we have something even greater. We have something greater. 
we can walk into the throne of grace and speak to Almighty God, and He hears. He hears us. You say, well, I don't feel Him hearing me. That doesn't mean He doesn't. Because our faith isn't based on feelings. It's based on faith. It's based on the truth in Scripture. Anytime we desire, we can say a prayer to God. Or prayers to God. And He hears. And He's with us. Life is difficult. It can be painful, uncertain, even cruel. And our life is made up of gains and plenty of losses. But in the midst of all this, we can celebrate this truth. God is good. Because He is good, we have the blessing of hope. Nothing is too great for God. He never leaves us. He'll never forsake us. And we have the blessing of peace. That means we're right with God. That means we are right with God. Because the Holy Spirit brings us in the presence of God. Would you say this affirmation with me? I know you're not used to this, but I don't think it, I think it'll be good. Would you say with me, God is with me when I suffer. God is with me when I suffer. And say this, God won't leave me. God won't leave me. God is so good. Amen. Now, would you please stand and turn in in the hymnal. I've got peace like a river. Oh, actually, it's it's the insert in your hymnal. Peace like a river. It's in the insert.
received the benediction, the blessing. May you experience and walk in the blessing of hope and joy, not only in your best moments, but in your worst. Go in peace.